are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Zambrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, and online at fanstreamsports.com. We're also on YouTube as well. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. You can also email us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join Ulysses and I this week to get in on the Tampa Bay Rays action and conversation. That's Spotify Green Room. Well, Ulysses, my uh, prediction the other day that the Rays very well could sweep the Red Sox is looking pretty good right now, I would think, after last night's 12 to 7 victory, which I don't even think should be considered as close as that sh- uh, that that score indicates there. Yeah, it's not indicative of what actually happened. The 12 to 7, it, it was more 12 to 1. And then, well, David Hess <laughs> came in and did David Hess type things. Um, no, yeah, that, that was that was a fun game, though. I mean, I know it got a little bit hairy for, for those of us who are a little bit anxious um, prone. And, and you wanted that third out to come rather quickly in the ninth. Mm-hmm. But it was a good, enjoyable game to, to see the boys just, I mean, launch after launch. What Zunino and, and, and Cruz did yesterday, I don't know what was more impressive. Two home, run, two home runs and a triple from a catcher or two home runs from a 41-year-old and becoming the oldest player ever to have a 30-home run season. Do you know what's more, more, more astounding, at least to you personally, Kevin? Well, I'm going to give Zanino a little bit of a black mark on the triple because I think it should have been an inside the park homer if mm-hmm. he didn't stop and slow at first and not run out of the box. And I know you're a catcher. I hate to nitpick right. every little thing, but he very well could have had what? I guess that would be three home runs yeah. if he had had the inside the bow at the same time. Then do we see Mike Zanino? have an inside out swing and go the other way. I think he might've been as shocked as anybody that it's like, wow, down the right field line. Thank you. Fenway park. Thank you. Weird wacky dimensions. The gift that keeps on giving to the Rays. And also Renfro didn't go hard after that ball. It seems like, you know, he's playing in a sandlot ballpark. So he thought there were sandlot type rules where like, if I don't go after it, they'll call it Mm -hmm. foul. No, it hit the chalk. It, it you yeah. gotta go after that. And to your point, I also thought that that it was actually in my on my notes. Like, could he have had an inside the park home run? But then I started looking at that replay. I think if he starts to run out rather quickly, he might have been able to catch up to that runner. So maybe ultimately he couldn't have got the inside the park home run. But I'm with you. It would have been nice to ha- see him not completely stop dead in his tracks from home to first. But whatever, he had a fantastic game. Uh, call, called a pretty good game also because yeah. Rasmussen was on fire once again. I, I, I said it yesterday on, on anti-social media. There is nobody I trust more in that rotation than Drew right now. Mm-hmm. He, he's the guy. When he's on the mound, and I'm not only saying this because he's giving me hella points in my fantasy team, but he is just so fun to watch, and you know what you're getting. 
You're getting four innings and one run. You're getting five innings and one run. It's pretty sweet. It really is. And he is the type of maybe he is. This is probably a conversation for another day, but maybe he is that number two guy after Shane McClanahan in the playoffs. If he keeps doing what he's doing, if it's got to be only four or five innings, okay, we'll live with if you just give us an earned run here and there. And there were a couple moments that really impressed me with Drew. First off, I think just the execution of fastball slider away from the righties, I think that was a big thing. But you look at the bottom of the second inning, He's got runners on second and third, no out. And he yes. gets out of it just allowing a run on a ground out. He retired Verdugo. He he, he retired Vasquez. He, he retired Iglesias. And then, uh, I guess his last outing before he was pulled, uh, in the fifth, it was a man on second, no out situation. And he handles that. And this is, this is the second time that he's handled, I think, Fenway Park. So he's showed that yeah. he can live up to the stress and the pressure and uh, the heightened stakes, if you will. A guy who was – nobody was really talking – I mean, think about it. This was the guy acquired in the Willie Adamas trade. This is really – he's a, a bigger piece than maybe we initially thought a couple months ago. Yeah, and that's the, the stretching him out a uh, bit because I feel like if he had just been another type of reliever – and with what Willie's doing, I know that Willie wouldn't have done that in a raised uniform. We all know the struggles mm-hmm. at the top, so we're not going to get into that. But uh, it always seemed like, oh, two relievers for what Willie could provide? That's a shame. But Fire Eisen has been, well, I'm, I'm sorry for the pun, but he has been on fire. And, and, and Rasmussen, by putting him on the rotation, you basically get a top-of-the-rotation arm. Are you? I mean, this is a pretty good get. And against Boston, as a starter, not as a reliever, as a starter, he has 13 innings pitched, 10 hits allowed, only three runs, three earned runs, two walks, and 11 Ks. He's missing bats. He's got the stuff. I know that his fastball was definitely faster, uh, had a lot more velo as a reliever, but I think that that's the case for any any reliever that goes to you know pitch four or five innings. You gotta you know keep your stamina a little bit more. So. You know, you, you'll take the loss there on the MPHs there for four innings. But no, he's looked impressive. I, I feel like if you get a top of the rotation arm plus a good setup guy like Fire Eisen for Willie and he wasn't going to do Willie things yeah. uh, anywhere but the trap, uh, it's um, I think it's a good deal. And then you open up a spot for Wander Franco. That was the other component mm-hmm. of that deal as well. Speaking of trades and deals. Man, we look at the impact that Nelson Cruz is making, uh, particularly in the last couple of games, last couple of days. I mean, he now has, now I count 11 home runs in 36 games with the Rays. Really, really good stuff. Not to mention the amount of doubles that he has as well and just the presence he provides to the team in the lineup. But is it too soon to talk about this being one of the Maybe it depends on what happens with the Rays the rest of the season and into the playoffs, but one of the five biggest or most impactful moves, trades in Rays history? Like, uh, I, I know I, it's more of a short-term deal. It's not, you know, the the Chris Archer or the Matt Garza. You pick which one you want. The the Twins Garza deal or the Cubs Garza deal or or adding Ben Zobris. Like, I those, those might have been more longer-term franchise uplifting move but in the immediate i mean this could at the end of the day if 
if the Rays do what we think they can do, this this might go down in history as as one of the top ones, if not the top. I think it would be the top if they go all the way for sure. And I, I, I'm thinking another trade deadline like that you saw immediate push and an immediate uh, returns was Tommy Fan. Mm-hmm. When you get yeah. Tommy Fan in 2018, the Rays could not lose with him on the lineup. It was something ridiculous. Like I, I feel like they won like 85% of the games that he was in the lineup. And he was on the IL for uh, a, a period of time because he hurt his hand uh, going into a, a, a base. So, no, I think this would be the the top. I mean, Nelly Cruz, what he's been doing, not only the 11 home runs in the 35 games you said, but the 30 RBIs as well. Right. 30 RBIs in like almost as many games. And this is a guy that's just producing. And, and I, I feel like if you're looking at uh, at the acquisitions throughout baseball and maybe throughout the AL East division, is there a better one? I mean, Barrios hasn't really changed the needle, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't think. Uh, uh, Schwarber? Has he changed the needle? Heaney? Well, maybe Heaney has changed the needle for the mm-hmm. Yankees, but in the, in, in the opposite way. Gallo, Rizzo? I mean, I, I feel like Nelly Cruz has been the, the difference maker, at least in the division. And the, and, and the records prove it. The, the race have just been unstoppable since the trade deadline. And again, it's not only his stat line. His stat line, again, that's pretty yeah. good. 11 home runs, 30 RBIs and 35 games, 36 games, whatever it is. It's pretty good that what he does in front and uh, uh, behind him in, in the lineup. I don't think it's a surprise that Wander Franco has the talent that he has, and he's on a 37-game uh, on-base streak, which that's great because he now passed Yankee Mickey Mantle. But you have to think that that's because also Nelson is behind him or in front of him. That helps him. Nelson Cruz helps people around him. Yeah, and look, it, it's so fun to hear about his stories as well. He's hitting off a tee in a hotel room with his private hitting coach while other guys are probably taking naps and ordering room service and playing video games, maybe going out on the town. He's getting his work in at 41 years old. He knows what works in his favor. It's it's really an amazing sight to see. And we mentioned it at the top with Mike Zanino. Let's also put that into perspective. He's now at, what, 29 home runs for the year? 29, yeah. One away from 30. One more. And I think that uh, we've got a prop bet or, or a nice little wager on that one. But let's consider uh, this guy is batting eighth in the order, and he has 29 home runs in an 857 OPS. Yeah. And he strikes fear. I Look, it's hard to, between the home runs that Zanino and Nelson Cruz hit, although, who knows, maybe the most gargantuan home runs came from Bobby Dahlback off David Hess at the end of the day. Right. But if we're just looking at Mike Zanino and Nelson Cruz, I think Nelson Cruz maybe had the the tougher one that was the to the deepest part of the ballpark. But the one that got my, Zanino hit. my eyes popped out of my face was the one that hit the Plymouth Rock advertisement off the green monster i don't know was what the exact distance was but it was insane it was enough statcast said yeah. wow it hit me really hard that's what yeah that's what happened it, it, i mean yeah that that was some sort of bomb and luplo got into the action too yeah uh, and again if you look back at how that game started with luplo with the double margot with the double wendell getting on base zunino then driving them in with that triple that's Boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, the, the, the way that the Rays, I think, scored five runs in three innings against a pitcher who had had success against them. Right. And who is not a, you know, a slouch by any means. 
they don't care. I mean, this offense right now is like hitting, hitting on all cylinders. I, I feel like we are so accustomed to just having like an okay offense and like great pitching right now that we don't have like great pitching at, at the, in the rotation. We're like, Oh look, our rotation is not the same, but can we talk about that lineup though? That lineup is nasty. That lineup mm-hmm. is the best in baseball right now. And so I, I get a little, you know, when people are like, oh, well, the Blue Jays are so good. I'll Who take that race lineup anytime. Most runs in baseball this year? Yeah. Who scored the most runs in baseball this year? Exactly. That's it's the race. Just throwing just that saying. out there. I'm not, also, I'm, you mentioned Jordan. Yeah, we're having some connection issues. Go ahead, Ulysses. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I, I feel like there, there's just not enough – of a spotlight on what this lineup yeah. can do. They can score five runs rather easily. And at Fenway Park, they can score eight inning eight runs or more pretty much every time. Yeah, you very well put with that. And I think Mike Zanino, not only just what he does with the bat, but you mentioned it, calling the game for Drew Rasmussen. He's working with, he's now worked with like 35 different pitchers. The, the Rays have yes. used a record number of pitchers. I think that if I was his agent, I would insert a clause into his contract for every new pitcher I have to work with and train with and get on the same page with. Give me like a $5,000 bonus or something like that because that is work. That is not easy to do. Everybody has a different personality, way of doing things, different strengths, weaknesses, what makes them tick. And you have to understand that, not to mention some of the the dichotomy of breaking balls and fastballs and, and off speed and everything that's that's throwing the kitchen sink at Mike Zanino, although I think he handles it pretty well because he's got some experience. Like if he can handle Tyler Glass now and and Charlie Morton and Blake Snell, right. what those the the nasty stuff those guys were throwing, I think he can handle just about anybody. But the fact that it's like every week, every couple of days, he has a a new understudy or, or a new coworker that he has to uh, cohabitate with. Well, I, I feel like that is kind of like when you're learning lang- languages, if you only know one, it's very difficult to go into the second one. But once you know two, three, mm-hmm. four, then that fifth one is going to be very, e- yeah. not very easy, but easier than just learning your second one. You've got the tools, you've got the, 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 the things that you need to, the connections. I feel like that's the same way with, with Zunino. He has worked with so many pitchers, uh, not only in, in his career, but with the race themselves. I mean, I, I, <laughs> 60 pitchers i mean 70 uh, in in three years i, I don't i yeah. don't know that would be a kind of a, a cool trivia question how many pitchers has zunino worked with uh, that would be really interesting does it reach 100 could it oh. reach 100 i mean if he stays with the rays another year i would imagine it could get pretty darn close with that considering that's all intense, the intense man hey that, we might have to have the yeah, we might have to have Zanino on Green Room, Spotify Green Room at some point. It'd be nice to there you go. You know, have him check in. It's it's a pretty cool platform there. Yes, it is. Spotify Green Room. This episode is brought to you by them, Spotify Green Room. How about that? Uh, it is the first social uh, audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with us, Kevin and I, other fans, athletes, maybe Zunino, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Go download the free Green Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group and the Tampa Bay Race group for the latest league updates. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. 
Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineup and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head to head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. So we know you want to get in on some of that action. So go to stathero.com slash locked on L O C K E D O N sign up for free. And right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. So go to stathero.com slash locked on stathero.com slash locked on L O C K E D O N to do that. Okay, Ulysses, uh, you know, the Rays got to be thankful that uh, we're doing a podcast and we're one of the few people that are talking about and writing about the Rays on a daily basis because it still seems like for one reason or the other, the national media is ignoring the Rays or gets things wrong or just doesn't really care to correct things. And it's funny because we had talked about this about a week uh, or so ago, and Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times kind of put it all in perspective. He outlined all the incidents where the Rays have been rebuffed or dissed or disrespected by other media types. Like, I almost want to do a ranking of what the most egregious, uh, you know, Rays hate would be yeah. for this season and or past years. But there's so many, so many. And this is just you like put recently, a too. There's- yeah, there's too many options. You couldn't put a poll. Twitter only allows four. We need like yeah. a whole thread. Basically, like, a, yeah, 10, 12 tweets, something like that. You you have the the MLB network mis- misidentifying Brandon Lau as prospect Josh Lowe. And did I get that right? The Lows and Lows. OK, close enough. There we go. Uh, <laughs> Nesson feed identified Yandy Diaz as Nelson Cruz. ESPN tweeted about Wander Franco's on base streak, but used a photo of Yandy Diaz. We know about Tony Kornheiser's uh, diarrhea of the mouth saying how the Rays aren't interesting nor charismatic. And that's actually turned into a pretty cool rallying cry. And you actually have that shirt that kind <laughs> yeah. of makes fun of that in poop. Who is that a little bit? So that's pretty cool. Uh, ESPN calling Blake Snell, Ian Snell, ESPN calling Pete Fairbanks, Patrick, uh, the Fenway Park video board still using or listing the Rays as the D-Rays or Devil Rays. Uh, and that's not even getting to some other ones like we remember not too long ago where MLB.com used a photo of Brandon Lau and Ryan Thompson. You know, They, they used Brandon Lau as if he was Ryan Thompson as the opener in their kind of pitching yeah. probables graphic. And then uh, this might be the biggest one, the the most national staged one uh, was Joe Buck mispronouncing Brandon Lau's name during the All Star introductions. That might yeah, be that, the the that big might snap take the cake because of yeah. the big stage. Uh, I would add, I would add uh, the the Joey Wendell Mendel thing. That they yes, that's another Mendel one. instead of Wendell. There's so many though, Kevin. I mean that that's not to 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 poo poo your whole thing. It's just. There is so many to keep track of. It, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, what? How, how much more does this franchise need to do? Uh, yeah. Since 2008, only three franchises have won more than the Rays. What else do you need mm-hmm. to do? The Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Cardinals. Then it's the Rays. 
what else? Since 2008, that's that's incredible. I, 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 Longo was a damn rookie in that season. He's now an elder statesman. Right. That's how long it's been a damn almost Hall of Fame career since the race got good. And you're still treating them as before 2008. It, I, I don't know what else they need to do. It, it, do that's ridiculous. Th- do you think it's almost I don't want to say the Rays embrace it, but can it at the very least be used as consistent bulletin board material like we always, always have to prove you or something wrong or it's almost gotten to the point where we're good we're no we're, we know we're good we don't have to prove anyone else anything but it'd be nice to get some recognition and for people whose job it is to get names and stats right to get those things right that's the thing it's it's if, i think for them if if national fans really don't know a lot about them, they can always use that as a rallying cry. Or if there's not a lot of articles being done in Sports Illustrator or ESPN mm-hmm. and they're not really talked about on MLB Network, you can be like, whatever, you know, we'll take care of businesses, bulletin board, stop the stuff. But the mistakes, though, the mistakes, the, the egregious mistakes for people that get paid a lot of money to not get that right, then that's the issue. You can't yeah. have that. Uh, so that's the disappointing part. You're, you're saying that these analysts know so much and, and, oh, they get in between the numbers and you can't say Wendell, you, you can't say Blake Snell, the Cy Young winner. Right. I, 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 they're not calling him, you know, Jonas Giolito. I've right. never heard that. You know, I, I, it's, 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 it's really sometimes conspiracy theory here. I feel like they like kind of poking at mm. Tampa Bay like this. And I don't know why, but yeah. I, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But I, that's my conspiracy theory, I guess. And, and sometimes you have when uh, somebody from the national media does write or cover the Rays, they usually have some sort of agenda or hit piece, i.e. Tom Verducci with mm-hmm. the pitching churn and shuffle. Uh, I do want to get your take on this because Topkin did mention this in his article. Maybe he should have included his constant attendance tweets. Maybe he should have added that to the list. But um, <laughs> what do you think about other people outside of the market calling the t- Tampa or saying the stadium in Tampa as opposed to being super specific about, no, it's in St. Petersburg, it's not Tampa, we're Tampa Bay, but it's not really in the same locale. I think the same thing. If you get paid to be on TV, on yeah. on, on radio, and to write about sports, and, and you get that wrong, that's not the way it should be. It, this is not a young franchise anymore, okay? Right. It's it's really not. Uh, 23 years. I mean, come on. 23 years. <laughs> that's like... <laughs> And and the fact is that so much has been written about attendance, so much has been written about the stadium issues, because that's all they care about when they talk about the Rays. Well, then, yeah. if you've talked about it so much, you should at least get it right. You should at least know that it's in St. Pete and not Tampa. You should know that it's not the Tampa Rays, it's the Tampa Bay Rays. There's also not a city called Tampa Bay either. That's yeah. another whole issue. It, there are so many little things, and I think that this respect just permeates around the whole region. Mm-hmm. I don't, again, you know me, I'm not a big football guy or a hockey guy. I don't know if the, if the bucks and the lightning get this disrespect as well, but I do have a, a, a friend who is a hockey fanatic 
Mm-hmm. And it does seem like the lightning is completely the opposite with the race. Like people hate the lightning because they're like so good. And, and, right. and, and they, there's never any talk about attendance. They're kind of like, kind of like the Yankees or like the Red Sox, the, the lightning is at least according to him. And he, uh, you know, knows a lot about hockey. I don't know your take on that with the Bucks. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And maybe some of it has to do with the fact in talking about the Tampa St. Petersburg angle is the fact that the lightning and the bunks play in Tampa. So, but right. they're also called Tampa Bay lightning and Tampa Bay bucks. So I, I'm sort of with you. If it's your job to write and cover about baseball, uh, you need to know that the Rays play in St. Petersburg and not in Tampa right. and Tampa Bay is not a city and so forth. But the average casual baseball fan, I won't necessarily get on you right. about that. Like the Dallas Cowboys, they don't play in Dallas. They play in Arlington. Like how look at that. It, I didn't like, know that. Yeah. I didn't know that the, the Dallas Cowboy didn't play in Dallas. I would have thought of Dallas. Again, the normal fan, like that's not who yeah. I have the gripes with. I'm not going to get with Joe Schmo, who's a 17-year-old on Twitter, who's tweeting out instead of studying for his algebra test. That's mm-hmm. not the concern. The concern is Tom Verducci. The concern is Ken Rosenthal and the damn thing that there, there are so many adjectives in the English language. Grab a dictionary if you don't have a, a dictionary <laughs> at home. It's this big, the English dictionary, okay? There are many adjectives, and they only can use the damn word pesky. Come on. That's it. That's all you can do. Uh, And and you would think they would try to use a different word with the pesky pull. Like, isn't that sort of stealing the Red Sox thunder a little bit with that? Uh, Maybe. Have you ever been to Fenway Park? I have. I, I took a stadium tour. I haven't watched a game, but I did take a stadium tour. It's pretty cool. Okay, it's cool. Is it like you're you being a Rays fan and maybe having some bias here? The stadium, the amenities, the seats. What's your your oh, the quick seats synopsis? Were crap. Oh, okay. Oh, the, the seats were crap. I mean, they were they were so crowded. Uh, they were so tiny. There's you know, the, yeah. It's 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 cool because you're like, wow, this is really old. And you know, in America, there's not a lot of things mm-hmm. that are so old. And this structure, you know, so many great players and all that. I can, that's the cool side, but to enjoy a, a baseball game, I haven't done that. So this is an, uh, a biased thing here. And of course I'm a race fan, but, um, you know, I, I wouldn't want to eat a hot dog you know, like this in front of me. You know, it's, it's like being on an airplane in the middle seat, you know, do you have fun in the middle seat in the airplane? I think that would be kind of the same thing. Yeah. I have fun in the middle seat when nobody's sitting next to me. On either go. side. That's when it's a. That's when it's <laughs> yeah. a good deal. I just want to sign the poll. I, I want to. They, they had a graphic on that. Uh, Valley Sports yeah. did something on that, and I just want to get over there and and or put a locked on race sticker or something. We could Ooh. be a little creative with all that, too. Um, okay, Ulysses. It is. Uh, we're recording in the morning, and I'm getting pretty hungry. I need something to to pick me up a little bit to to carry through that show to carry through this show. I should say, uh, is there, do you have anything I could use anything that would, would help me out a little bit? Well, maybe, you know, you, you can get something that's delicious, but also has some chocolate. How about some built bars? And I, I don't know about you. My favorite of course is peanut butter brownie, but you've got so many to choose from Kevin. You got coconut, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. You've got them all. And if you can't really decide, Get a mix box. You get two of each one of the nine flavors. Uh, of course, they're healthy too. They're not only just chocolate bars. So they've got 17 to 18 grams protein, four to five net carbs, four to five grams uh, sugar. They're amazing. They're delicious. Go get them. But before you go get them, 
Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and that will get you 15% off your order at Built.com. I think uh, Mike Zanino and Nelson Cruz had a Built Bar, too, before last night's game. And Jordan Luplo, too, maybe. And maybe Drew Rasmussen. Maybe a lot of guys, maybe the last (laughs) couple days, were indulging in the Built Bars there. Uh, Today, we also want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Okay, Ulysses, the Rays are looking for a sweep against the Boston Red Sox. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but if the Rays beat the Red Sox and Toronto beats the Yankees tonight, wouldn't that put Boston and Toronto uh, in the same spot as far as games back? Maybe not. I might be off my line of thinking here. Maybe it's I'm just, okay, it the records are off a little bit, but it, it would One certainly help. If, okay. if the Red Sox lose and the, and, the, and the Jays keep on winning, which they've done six in a mm-hmm. row, uh, they would be one game back of the Red Sox. The, the Jays would be. So it's getting interesting. Again, a lot of things could happen on the outside. Of course, Seattle is trying to get in there. That yeah. would be really exciting to see a Seattle uh, Blue Jays uh, wildcard game. Uh, I think that would be good for baseball. And I think it would be good for baseball to not have the yeah. Yankees and the Red Sox. That'd be really I, great. Yeah, and we talked about that yesterday. But the more, like, if the Blue Jays keep winning like they are, and we know how the Rays have had some awkward struggles with them in the past. And they're kind of turning the corner here. I would almost like to see Boston just kind of wither into the playoffs and the Rays can take care of them. Okay, here, you got into the playoffs. Great, fine. But we're just going to crush you and move on to the next round where if you get a team that's incredibly hot or on fire and really feeling itself like the Blue Jays and they can score with the best of them too and have, I would imagine, a pretty good one-two punch now. It just, uh, it's... It's a tough thing to – I personally, I would love to see – I don't want to see the, the Yankees and the Red Sox in the playoffs, but I'd rather see a, a, a team that – I mean, we're dominating the Red Sox. So if, if if this is the version that would show up in the playoffs, okay, I'll, I'll take you guys every yeah. day. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you got to think about what, what would be – Again, as a race fan, you 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 don't like the Yankees and the Red Sox, so them missing the playoffs and, and them being the poverty franchises – would love that. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, though, like you're saying, the, the playoffs, whoever gets hot gets hot. It doesn't matter, you know, what you did in the regular season. It's it's a crapshoot in the playoffs. You just got to get there. So if you got there hot, that's going to help you. But again, tell that to the Colorado Rockies of 2007 winning right. 21 out of their last 22 and then getting swept. So, I mean, you know, and again. If you look at the Red Sox against the Jays, I do feel like the Jays are the better team, at least now. Mm-hmm. But the Rays are a better team than the Red Sox and the Rays are a better team than the Jays. And the, this, the regular season, I know they've had close games, but again, the Rays are winning that series. Right. So, again, 
I think it would be exciting to watch new teams and, and, and new blood in the playoffs. I get what you're saying with the Red Sox limping into the playoffs, but um, I'm, I don't think the race would have any issue with the Red Sox nor the Jays. Yeah, we'll find out. I mean, I think the the Rays do play the Blue Jays. They've got several games with them yeah. uh, later on this month, so that'll Six be more. kind of a good yeah, that'll be a good barometer test there. Uh, tonight is Shane McClanahan going up against Nate Eovaldi. Uh, Shane has a three seven six ERA, one hundred twenty five strikeouts, nine and five record. Eovaldi three seven three ERA, one hundred sixty three strikeouts, uh, ten and eight record. Uh, McClanahan struggled a little, little bit his last time out versus Boston. And uh, on the flip side, Eovaldi in his last, I mean, he's been really good his last five half dozen starts, but his last time out against the Rays back in uh, mid early August, <laughs> seven innings, one earned run, 10 strikeouts. Uh, he had, he had everything working that, that day, the, the sideways yeah. curveball, the, the split finger, the, the top zone fastball. That was just the, the, power that he and the aggressiveness with the, with which he was throwing was uh, a sight to see but maybe maybe the rays can eh, they're, they're getting hot offensively you can't deny uh you know scoring how many runs they scored uh last night and the night before and what they've done since nelson cruz has been acquired and since wander franco and so many others have been hot right now no and at fenway again they're, they're averaging eight runs a game yeah or i think now after last night's game i think that that, that has bumped up a little bit 8.5 or whatever it is but no Yovaldi, when he's on he he can be really really good and mm-hmm. he's faced cleveland twice in a row now quality starts against them um and not a lot of personal success i saw in the lineup uh, against Yovaldi. i think brendan lau is the best guy with uh two for seven and a home run so maybe look for Brandon yeah. to, to maybe pull one um, to the pesky pull side. McClanahan has been getting hit uh, around with Boston and Baltimore. His last two starts, uh, 11 innings. I got him at 16 hits. Not a lot of walks, only two. And and the punches are still there, 12 mm-hmm. and 11 innings. But the hits, 16 hits. Uh, oof, um, he, you yeah. know, Baltimore and Boston have gotten him. So hopefully he can settle that down, have a little Drew Rasmussen type outing. I'm looking for six. I'm looking just for a quality start. If he keeps them at six innings, three runs, that that should be enough to 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 win the ball game because this Rays lineup is really really hot right now. Yeah, and what helped I guess yesterday is the fact that the Rays had such a big lead and it was such a dominating or going to be a dominating victory that they didn't have to roll out the A or the bullpen, uh, A or the B part of the bullpen. It was the C and D part of the bullpen. It was the Durham shuffle. I didn't like that. Kid didn't need to get up twice. That's a shame. But again, like you said, not actually getting into the game is what matters ultimately. And that's nice to see. Yeah. Lewis Head and uh, David Hess there. What's crazy too, again, just looking at last night's game, the Rays scored 12 runs. And guess who didn't play? Uh, Brandon Lau nor Austin Meadows. You do all that without those two guys. Those are pinch hit options. Like BA said, that's, that's incredible. Again, this Rays lineup is not getting the love, even from Rays nation. This is a really, really good lineup. Uh, So I, I get what the Red Sox lineup can do. The Yankees and the Jays. I get that. That's firepower right now. I'll take the Rays lineup. I don't disagree. Good point there. Uh, Okay, that wraps up this edition of the Locked on Rays podcast. 
Also remember to tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of the Locked on Bets podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow.